This is the None of Your Business Podcast. Thank you for joining today. I'm your host, Robert DeLude, and it is my mission to bring you inspiring stories for entrepreneurs, businessmen and women, students, coaches, or anyone else who is crushing it in life and doing kick-ass things. We all go through personal struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome them and accomplish anything. And I want to show you how. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. Today, we have Raquel Hopkins. It has always been Raquel's goal to understand people, but also to understand the business so she can help benefit both the employee and their employer. How did she get there? She earned a bachelor's degree in human resources management at Virginia Commonwealth University. She went to go get her MBA graduated with a master's in international business while also earning her professional in human resources, PHR as well. Her work, educate, passion for people has always pushed her to dream big and strive for the stars. She is Brockhill Hawkins. She is a life coach and she is here to help. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Now, enjoy. We are going. All right. So, who are you? What do you do? Hey, Robert. I'm Raquel Hopkins, and I'm owner of RH Life Coaching. So, um, life coach, and what I work on is I'm a core energy certified coach, and it focuses on working from the inside out, inside out meaning getting to the root or core of obstacles that you may not know exist that prevents you from being the best version of yourself. So um, background, I've been working in HR for over the last 10 years. So I've been dealing with all sorts of people um, from different walks of life. Right on. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, which part, the the HR or the coaching? The coaching. I apologize. Yeah, the coaching. <clears throat> so um, coaching, I've been doing coaching in the HR field for over 10 years now, and the RH Life Coaching is fairly new. Okay. So why did you decide to get into the real life coaching? Um. Got into coaching because I wanted to be able to be on the other side of change, meaning be on the other side and truly work for the people. Um, And working in HR, um, you have to find a balance between employer and employee. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So what do you get out of being a coach? What does it do for you? Um, It's fulfilling. Um, When you see people be able to start making transformational changes and going from things that are very transactional, it's very fulfilling for me. Um, I feel like I'm giving back. So it's this idea of being 
uh, being service based. Mm-hmm. Service. I like that. So like to go into like this career path and coaching and stuff, did you have coaches to like help you along the way? If you like needed to like, do you like self-development or anything like that? Um, I went through, I didn't have any coaches. Um, I went through a program called IPEC, it's I-P-E-C, and did my certification there. Okay, okay. So did you like, what really inspired you to do this instead of like, was there like a pivotal moment in your life that you're like, this is what I need to do? Or you're doing it in HR, but it wasn't, you just wanted more of it. So actually in January of this year, I said, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to invest in myself and I'm going to go find out uh, what coaching is outside of HR and ended up landing in uh, on that program that I mentioned, which was IPEC. And I haven't looked back since. Nice. I like that. And do you mainly work with um, people online, in person? How does that work out? Uh, both. Both. So um, I've worked with people in Europe, work with people in different states. I'm currently in Houston, Texas. So if I have clients that actually want to meet in person, I will do in-person sessions. So it just all depends. Right on. Right on. <clears throat> How far are you from Fort, is it Fort Beck? Fort Beck, uh, I, I don't know. I've been in Houston for nine years and I still use a GPS everywhere I go. So that is understandable. I, <laughs> the city that I'm in, like I'm in Montana, I'm in Helena and like, it's like 30 to 40,000 people. So I, I, when I go anywhere outside of Montana, I have to use a GPS. It like, so it's my hometown. Well, at least you're going outside of Montana. I mean, I'm in within Houston and still using a GPS. Well, yeah, like, I just, like, there's not a lot of people here, and it's my hometown, so it takes five minutes to drive across town. It's, so you, a GPS is not needed. <laughs> um, when I lived in uh, Las Vegas, I used a GPS. Okay. So I, I can relate. Um, so what do you do in like your free time? What are your hobbies? Um, well, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Um, so anything family oriented, um, if I'm not doing coaching, I'm, I'm currently still working at my uh, full-time job. So I'm the vice president of HR. So I have a pretty swamp schedule. So balancing all of those things. Do you have any like keys to success for time management to balance being a wife, mother, uh, have a side hustle and a career? I think that you have to figure out what you value the most. Once you've decided um, on what your true values are, your values kind of guide you in terms of how you prioritize, how you figure out uh, time management, um, how you make decisions. So for me, it's, it's been getting to the core of who I am as a person, uh, determining 
the things that I truly value and then making my decisions around those values. And that's a process, though. Mm-hmm. That is a process. Um, that is definitely a process. So I know HR, um, it's kind of iffy to talk about, but is there like a moment where in your career it was a difficult decision or difficult challenge that you had to overcome like your first time and you didn't know what to do? Um, that's a good question. A difficult time or challenge. I've had quite a few different challenges. I would say one of the things that, um, because I'm a, I'm on the HR uh, Forbes Council, and I recently written an article. It's not published or anything yet, but I was talking about HR professionals being comfortable with explaining to employees that. Um, HR isn't necessarily confidential. You'll do our best in terms of trying to keep things confidential, but um, if it poses as a liability or if it's something that we need to share share with others in terms of an investigation, um, that's when you start stepping outside of being able to keep things confidential. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues you see with that is employees feel like, um, one, that HR is here to work in the best interest of them, and to some degree we are, but I feel that if HR professionals are very transparent from that standpoint, like, look, this is where we stand. I'll do my best best to do this. It um, eliminates or takes away this false sense of protection that HR is working in the best interest of you. And then we don't have to worry about communication issues or this lack of trust when it comes to HR and employees. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, I bet that would be a hard process to be because you have to work for your employee. You have to do your job for your employer, but you also want to make sure it's a safe place. Exactly. That, yeah, that would be a challenge. Um, so did you have like any like struggles in your life or like any mentors in your life that like got you into that career path of being in HR? Because I feel like to go into a service career, there would just my experience and the people that I know, um, something happened that they're like, that, that's why I want to do that. Did you have a moment like that? <laughs> that's, that's interesting because when I started off uh, in college, I wanted to be a psychologist, right? <sighs> okay. And I remember <laughs> I started off in psychology and, um, I took my first psychology class and I was like, oh, this isn't really for me. And then I said, I'm going to do some research before I decide that it's not for me. And I actually called the psychologist um, a long time ago now, but I was asking her um, just questions and she was nice enough to provide me some information, but she had mentioned to me that I went into engineering first because I knew I needed to make money right out of um, school. So I chose my career profession based on that and then I went back to do psychology and I didn't think twice about it and I was like well you know I want to be able to make money too when I get out of college so I changed my major uh, to to business Um, and once I changed my major to business a family member of mine was saying that you know you're really a people's person you should probably really really consider HR and at that time I didn't necessarily know what HR was I was just thinking that HR was 
same thing that they thought is higher fire and not um, in terms of you being able to connect to people, listen to people, doing the employee relations uh, portion of it. So went into HR, I got into recruiting first and the rest has been history. Um, here at my current job, they tell me all the time, you should just put a sofa in your office because um, people still, it's like that psychology. So it's, um, I think it's always been, like it's it's been written for me, no matter how much I try to run away from it, something always pulls me back. Okay, so maybe that's your calling. Yeah, I think it's my calling. Right on. A lot of people would tell me that I was born with this sixth sense, like this ability to read others and um, just provide like some encouraging words. The thing that I like about coaching is though, it's not about giving people advice. And I know a lot of people, <clears throat> they look for that advice, especially when they deem you as being uh, successful. But coaching is about tapping within and pulling those answers out from inside of you that you already have. And I like the I like the idea of coaching because it doesn't create this codependency relationship. Like at some point, um, you know, you become optimal. You're already a functional person, but you truly become optimal. And maybe we're working together as issues arise or still trying to work on inner critics, but you're doing the work yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you want to do the work yourself. Yeah. It just guide you along the process, but not do the work for you. Right. I like that. Yeah. I, you know, in the past I've had mentors um, and they just, it has turned into a codependent relationship and like, one, I learned a lot, but two, when like that relationship ended, I didn't know what to do. They didn't really mm. put me on a path to like where I could do it by myself. Um, and I, you know, I've done personal training in the past and like my goal when I'm a personal trainer is to have my client not need me anymore. And I think, um, you know, if you're going to be a coach, like you always need, not always need a coach, but if the coach is only there to benefit themselves, do you, you think that in the long term, the client's going to drop off? What do you mean that the coach is there to benefit themselves? If the coach is like purposely holding their client back, so they have to keep using the coach. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess if you're, you're, you're not using those tools or strategies, I mean, the certification program that I've went through, they're, they're very serious about um, the things that they're teaching us. And I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, it's possible, right, that you could do it, but the idea is to raise your level of awareness or your self-consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So that um, you know what those trigger points are or um you know that when you get into issues that you find yourself unstuck maybe it's that you struggle with self-doubt i mean and that's what you're supposed to 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 define with a coach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also I mean you continue to build on that but i would say that um it is about creating an ongoing relationship because life does happen to all of us and we don't necessarily know when 
So the idea is to build a relationship so that the client could come back if needed, if they find themselves in areas um, that they just feel stuck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's interesting. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned self-doubt. Um, did you ever go through a time in your life where you had self-doubt and how did you overcome that? Um, I'll be honest, I still struggle with self-doubt today. Um, it goes back to recognizing when uh, I'm actually self-doubting myself as, as an entrepreneur and social media and all of these other things that we have to look at. It's easy to, to fall into that trap and get distracted in terms of what your purpose is and truly following that passion. So me personally, that's something that I struggle with still today. But I have a coach. I'm actually working with a coach because I realize that um, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to continue to work at becoming the best version of myself. And in order to do that, I need sort of like an accountability partner because things are new. I'm going into um, a new field. So it's not so much about me feeling like I can't do it um, because I know that I'm capable of doing it. It's just addressing those areas because every day you're not going to wake up motivated, right? So mm -hmm. it requires a certain level of discipline. So if self-doubt, if I allow self-doubt to creep in, creep in, especially on those days where I'm not truly motivated, um, I lose momentum in a sense. Mm, yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I definitely can relate to that. Um, when I first started my podcast, like all I cared about was the analytics and how many downloads I'm getting per episode. And like, I became <laughs> obsessed. And then like one, like I couldn't even like do my job. I was just sitting at my desk, looking at the analytics and going absolutely <laughs> insane. Grabbing my phone middle of the night, seeing like now, like I, don't, I try not to even look at it because I'm not there about the numbers. I'm just there to provide value. And maybe my message or the person that I'm on can inspire somebody to do whatever they want. Right. I mean, I agree. I've been there too. When I first started my uh, business Instagram, you're, you're looking for the likes and looking for people to, to start following you. I mean, I, within a couple of days, I realized that it was driving me nuts. So I'm like, I'm not going to worry about this. If I can just reach one person, that's all that matters. So assuming that's the same thing that you're doing, if I can just reach one person, with sharing my truth and the things that I've been through, um, that's more than enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I'm not like the vanity metrics of like having a hundred thousand Instagram followers would be nice, but that's not the reason why I started. Um, you know, a lot of people buy their Instagram followers and then they're not really authentic. Um, they might have 200,000 Instagram followers, but when they post a picture, they have like a hundred likes, which then mathematically that doesn't really make sense. Mm. Um, just my experience, um, I've, especially when I am searching people to interview, um, they, they'll have like over a hundred thousand or 600,000 Instagram followers. And then like the more the relationship builds, I find out that they're not authentic they're not genuine and really they just don't stay true to 
what kind of content they're posting. It's all contradictive and um, it's been really interesting because there's been lots of people that like I've been following for years and I thought I wanted to be like them. I thought that just, it, it's been really interesting. Um, and we're kind of getting off topic, but that's kind of what I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, everybody has their own journey, right? Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's, it's a good thing that you've been able to identify with the people that you want to connect with and uh, even introduce to your platform because you have, you have your own platform, whether, like you said, whether you have a hundred followers versus a hundred K followers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so if you, I know each client is different, but do you have like three basic tips for success or to start somebody to become the best version of, yeah, best version of themselves? I'm actually going to refer to um, a book, one of my favorite books, which is The Seven Habits of to Live a Highly Effective Life. And the first three tips are public, well, not public, sorry, uh, private victories. Um, and what he talks about is in order to become successful with other people, you need to become successful with yourself. So habit number one is about being proactive. And I've altered that in a sense. Um, and changed it to uh, becoming more mindful or raising your level of self-awareness. And I've related it back to energy levels because I'm a core energy certified coach. And what we look at is where do you fall within the seven levels of energy? And a lot of people think that um, because they're doing well, they've been successful or you've cut people out in your life that you know, that you, there's a possibility that you could be operating at or vibrating at a higher level of energy, and it's not necessarily so. It's, it's about your mindset. So I would say really figuring out who you are as a person, like getting to the core of who you are as a person. And um, two would be, for me, beginning with an end in mind, we talked about values uh, earlier on in this conversation. And uh, one of the things that I like to do with my clients is, I do um, a character uh, insight that looks like that looks at the values that you believe in. And when we talk about beginning with an end in mind, beginning with an end in mind means having a clear destination of where you're going. Like if you were to shift your paradigm as if today was your last day or your frame of reference as your last day of being in the world, what would people say about you? And when I say what do people what will people say about you? I mean it's not about achieving empty victories anymore it's not about fame it's not about money and it's not about achievement and I think that that's where we need to get back to like the root and core of who you are as a purpose I mean as a person and then figuring out what your purpose is here on this earth and then three is um, Stephen Covey he says first things first and I've translated that into be about your business so it's about self-management and discipline um, taking each day, day by day, moment by moment. There are no shortcuts. There are no quick fixes. And realizing that you truly have to do the work, but the work starts with working on yourself first. And working on yourself meaning making sure that you know who you are in terms of your consciousness level. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. You know, for me, um, I was always trying to take care of other people and in my backyard would 
or whatever would be on fire. My whole life was just unmanageable. Um, like I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. And when I want to fix other people or quote unquote help other people, um, I get into those habits and I stop working on myself. I stop my self-development. I stop, uh, being mindful and I, you know, and really this year, um, I've just really been trying to be more mindful and congruent with my words, thoughts, and actions and really focusing on who I am and really on like who I'm not, who the person that I used to be is not me anymore. Like we're a new person each day and we have a new opportunity to change who we are and become who we want to be because we, uh, you know, we all have that, that capability to be great in whatever industry that you're in, you're born to be great in something. Um, there's people great being authors, athletes, coaches, students, whatever. And I think for me, being more self-aware is something that I, I'm glad that I, have really tried to encompass it more into my daily living and just being more present. I don't like now when I'm at work, I leave my phone in my car when I'm at the gym. Well, I have to listen to music. I don't have to, but it's just really nice. I just, I try and keep my phone as far as away from as possible because I'll, I'll respond to a text message. I'll do this. I'll respond to an email and I'm not really being present. And that uh, I think being present and intentional into your actions um, are good. And it's being intentional. Do you have like a morning routine that you do or a nightly routine that you do that you believe is a guide to success? Um, first, I wanted to acknowledge um... I guess you being courageous and brave to like truly share, share your truth in terms of being a drug and alcoholic um, and being in recovery. Um, I think that that's very uh, powerful of you, Robert. Um, but in terms of like a routine, I don't have a ritual or routine per se. Like I go to, I have a trainer. So Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, um, I'm doing that for sure. But in the nighttime, it's, it's regular. We eat dinner, we do homework, we bathe, we get in bed. So it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Being a mother, a husband, and having is sometimes quite the experience. Yeah, I try not to overcomplicate things. I mean. I know a lot of times we talk about uh, like work-life balance and to me it's about being in being in alignment with what, what your values are and like harmony in a sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. So if you're doing something that you truly enjoy, um, you're not necessarily focused, in my opinion, you're not focusing on uh, this work-life balance. Like I am a mom, I am a wife, um, I'm a, I have a career, so... And I enjoy those things. So for me, um, I make time for the things that are truly important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's important. 
That's very important. I uh, I used to work like seven days a week and just go absolutely nuts. I was like working like 16 hour days and basically getting nothing done. And now if I want to take the day off work, I'm not worried about it. I I'll, Sometimes I'll take a four day weekend just because I can. And if like I used to be, I have to publish an episode every Friday and every Monday I have to. And then like, I just became so obsessed. Like, whoa, what am I doing? If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. What do you do? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like I, I wanted that consistency, but I just, my mental health was just absolutely insane. And then like, I, I started, somebody pointed out, like, stop being a podcast or and what they meant by that was just stop interviewing anybody. And when I was just interviewing anybody, um, I saw the numbers go down and like, it wasn't really providing value. And I, I want people who are, you know, authentic, are real and are willing to sh be vulnerable. Um, is there any like moments that you want to share that were hard for you to overcome? I would say hard for me to, I mean, I lost my mom to um, an overdose. Mm. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe about, it's been, been about 18 years now. So I had a hard time accepting, accepting that. Um, and when I talk about acceptance, acceptance meaning how could you be so selfish? Uh, did you think about your children before you decided to do that? Mm -hmm. um, so as a, as a child, I didn't necessarily understand that we all have our journey and our experiences are different and it ultimately makes up our who. Um, so it's taken me to experience life on its, on its own and just not wanting to live in this place of bitterness to, to find it in my heart to forgive my mom and understanding that there was a lot of good that she provided as well. Like, she wasn't just that one scenario. So for me, that's probably been the hardest thing that I've had to, to overcome. Mm. I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. That, that's, uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry that you went through that, but I, I appreciate you opening up and, and doing that. Um, if, you know, somebody out there who, just lost a parent, a grandmother, or something for the same, similar reasons. Um, or if you want to tell the younger version of yourself how to get through that, is there anything that you would want to share? I wouldn't undo it. And the reason why I say I wouldn't undo it, um, because I think that it's important to, you know, a lot of the times we label things as good and bad. I think that it's important to it's important to feel whatever you're feeling at any moment in your life. And a lot of times what we like to say is, oh, you're selfish or you're bitter or you're this and you're that. Um, I guess I would tell my younger self, like, you're, you're going to come through. You're going to there's light on the other side of this. Um, it's OK to feel the way that you feel. And working on a way to find peace within yourself because I'm not necessarily my mom's mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but, that, but that takes time, right? 
Um, so mm-hmm. I think you do have to go through the process. Like there are no quick fixes and you get to a certain point where you have to, where you're responsible for your own life. Like you're the creator of your own life. So um, it's a lot easier to, to live in this victim space and mm-hmm. uh, stay in that space. And then the one thing that we don't want or want to become, because we do live in that space, we end up um, becoming great creators of things that we don't necessarily want. So I think that it was important for me to experience all of the things that I, that I've experienced. I wouldn't be the person that I am today. So I don't regret it. I mean, it's just a part of, it's Mm -hmm. a part of me now. Mm -hmm. So trust your process is what I would tell other people that are going through it. You may not understand it today, but do the work, trust the process, figure out who you are and why those things may have occurred in your life. And we all have a a story to tell. Um, Your story could just be that story that ends up healing or helping somebody else. I love it. You're absolutely right. Um, and what, <clears throat> one last question. Well, a couple last questions, but really the main last question. Um, what's your message to the world? My message to the world would be um, each moment of our lives describes who we are and gives us the opportunity to decide if that's who we want to be. It's not about getting it right. It's not about finally getting it right. Life is a journey. Life is a process. It's about being, it's about being present. Trust your process. Love it. Love it. So if people want to find you, um, where can they find you? How can they contact you? You could follow me on Instagram. I'm R as in Robert, H as in Harry, Life Coaching uh, on Instagram. All right, right on. And they just send you a DM if they... Send me a DM, comment under my photos. I try to engage with the people that are uh, responding under my photos and constantly putting out um, good intent, I mean, good content. Um, just trying to raise people level of self-awareness. Um, I personally believe that everybody needs a coach. I'm being coach. I don't see a reason why, um, you wouldn't have a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I have three, four mentors for different aspects of my life. So it's very, very important. And kudos to you. Well, thank you. I, uh, I finally had to realize that I don't know everything. So um so anyways well thank you i definitely appreciate you taking the time and uh well i'll talk to you soon all right thanks all right guys hope you guys enjoyed that episode now go find Tyler Michael Chauncey on Instagram. If you guys want some of the dopest swag out there for life or just gym swag, then you need the create line. So Michael, she's a personal trainer. She is a two times online business coach. She's even a guest on the none of your business podcast. So, If you want to support the create movement, find 
Tyler Michael Chauncey on Instagram. Just DM her and she will give you all the information to buy some of her dope swag. So it's T-Y-L-U-E-R underscore M-I-K-A-L underscore C-H-A-N-C-Y. You know, give her a heads up, let her know that I sent you, and just go buy some dope swag because you need it. Your styling option's terrible, so have Michael just fix it.